0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you just before we went to break. We did uh, ProAm Sports trivia reminder. They've got the upcoming private signing with Orders D-man Matthias Ekholm. You can submit your items or select from uh, ProAm's availability for August the twelfth. Pricing and details online at ProAmSports.ca. With Jeff Jackson coming aboard yesterday, uh, and we ran some of Jeff's clips today. I thought we'd have a little bit of fun. The question: Which uh, well-known? Edmontonian Spent a lot of years in Edmonton here. He's long since passed. Uh, which former Edmonton coach uh, ended up coaching both Rob Brown and Jeff Jackson in junior, despite them being in two different leagues and relatively close to each other in terms of when they were coached by Jeff Jackson? The correct answer, Brennan Escott.
1: Bill LaForge. Bill? A lot of people thought Ken Hitchcock. Bill LaForge. Bill LaForge. And uh, who was our winner? Uh, Doug
0: got it today. Nicely done, Doug. We now bring aboard for Legacy Heating and Cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need to get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. We bring aboard our NHL insider, John Shannon. John, how are you? Good, Bob. I would have got that answer. Do I win anything? You got enough. You've won the lottery for the last several years, just having the privilege of being on the show. (laughs) I know a guy who can't get on your show, but I'll tell you, you're on this show. But with all Uh, seriousness, educator listeners here, I mean, Bill was a pretty, he he was a throwback coach, wasn't he?
2: Oh, sure. Remember PhD. Uh, Every part of his training camp was uh, going through uh, what what he described as PhD. uh, You know, so it was uh, hustle and discipline were the last two, and I can't remember what the first one was. But Bill was he was as tough as nails. I guess it was. I was trying to think, but it it, but he was as tough as nails and expected his teams to be as tough as nails.
0: And he had tough teams. I know Jerry Johansson always everywhere, everywhere. Jerry talked about red light, uh, green light, and. If it was green light, you could fight, but if it was red light, we're not allowed. Oh, it was Keith Kretzky was telling the story about red light and green light. He was in talking about Bill of Forge. Uh, Jeff Jackson, let's transition to that. Uh, your yeah. thoughts on Jeff Jackson leaving Wasserman yes. and coming to the Edmonton Orders organization to be their CEO of Hockey Operations?
2: Well, I I think you used a really good word uh, in in changing the topic in transition, Bob, because um, and and I know that (laughs) I know these days it doesn't really stand for the same thing. But to me, this is a a a transition of power peacefully uh, in so many ways. And this is a, a move to the future for the organization uh i think it's it creates a a 12-month introductory program for jeff to understand exactly what goes on in this organization to start to put his own imprint on the organization so that a year from now if and when things change uh that it's not a drastic change so this is a, a peaceful transformation of power within the edmonton oilers as far as jeff goes you know, and I was telling somebody this yesterday. He's a player. He, he's got that competitive urge to be a player. Everybody who has played in this game, played at the elite level in the National Hockey League, managed as Jeff has in the NHL, they have one goal and that goal is to win the stanley cup and that goal is to put their name on the stanley cup and whether you're 18 28 38 or in jeff's case 58 that has never changed putting your name on the Stanley Cup to win a championship,
0: that's what it's all about. Alright, I uh, stand corrected on PHD, just circling back to Bill LaForge. One, this is a direct quote. Uh, Bill's quote is one saying, one thing I'll be teaching is how to hit. We'll use football hitting and tackling dummies. PHD will bring success. You have to have pride in yourself and your team. Hustle to yourself and your team, and you have to have desire for yourself and your team. That one comes to this from Bill LaForge, who started his career in Oshawa had some some success went rough and tough however uh was involved in a legendary OHL brawl that resulted in a 50 game suspension for Bill LaForge so he left Oshawa and went to the Regina Pats Didn't, he, didn't Bill? it was didn't he fight Dave Dryden? He fought Wasn't Dave, it a Dave Dryden he, he fought? He fought Dave Dryden nicely done. Yeah. I, I'll read yeah. the exact uh, the team split the first two games each winning two on home ice during the pregame skate before game five a brawl ensued between the two teams uh, Bill of course coaching Oshawa Dave Dryden coaching Peterborough you know there's that Peterborough mafia John that you're friends with and anyways Dave was coaching Peterborough and Dave of course Dave Dryden was a former Oiler was he not briefly with the Oilers and uh, he was. in both in both leagues order had to be restored by a local policeman as a referee and linesman were not on the ice at the time. LaForge got a fifty-game suspension. Oshawa won by a score six-two, uh, and uh, went on to win the series. Then he went to Regina. Then he was with the Kamloops Junior Oilers before he had a brief stint at the age of thirty-two to coach the Vancouver Canucks in 84-85. Uh, Harry Neal chose LaForge over Mike Keenan. Um,
2: you know, you know why? You know why they did that? And it wasn't Harry. It was the Griffiths family. It was uh, Frank Senior and Arthur made the decision, and they did it on the basis of one thing: Bill the Forge had coached in the province of British Columbia, um, and they, and, and believe it or not, uh, Bill and Mike interviewed for two jobs, both interviewed in Vancouver, both interviewed in Philadelphia. And in many ways, Mike probably would have been better in Vancouver, and Bill would have been a
0: legend in Philadelphia. He would have been a legend in Philadelphia, there's no question about that. You spoke of the Griffiths family, they were heavily involved <laughs> in Western international communications, WIC, which at one time, uh, 630 Ched was under their umbrella, and the Griffiths family, if I recall correctly, were out-dueled for control of wick by the allard family and a guy you know well and i know harold rosen ended up becoming the uh the president of wick years later yep and, and it was
2: a time when uh, uh the griffiths the allards uh family a, a big family out of winnipeg as well uh that uh, dominated broadcasting in western canada and eventually And the the family out of Winnipeg, the Aspers. Um, So it was a huge, uh, huge time, and and, and in many ways, the Griffiths family uh, bought the Vancouver Canucks uh, to save them from leaving. Uh, It wasn't uh, it wasn't for anything other than being a little civic pride in Vancouver to keep Vancouver afloat,
0: and that's why the Griffiths bought. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks. And before Daryl Cates on the team, Harold and uh, Kathy Ruzin, were are part of the Edmonton Investors Group here in Edmonton. We're joined by John Shannon for Legacy, Heating and Cooling. Circling back to Jeff Jackson, um, he does check all the boxes, right? Former player, went to law school, has already worked in NHL uh, Senior Management with Toronto Maple Leafs for four years. Um, yeah. You know, the last 13 years as an agent and, you know, boom, had uh, Aaron Eckblad and Conor McDavid and back to back years, number one overall picks. I look at that second round of that twenty sixteen draft, John, where between Jeff Jackson and Sam Gagne, they got, you know, to break it in Cairo. You know, it had two forty goal seasons. Kyrou sniped thirty seven this year. Radish is coming on. Kachuk. I mean, they hit on all four. Of those, and and they did a lot of their own development work. The Oilers took Tyler Benson before all of those guys. Tyler's career got kind of sidetracked because of some injury issues. But this isn't this isn't a guy that was just an agent. I mean, if you look at their development and sports science side, it's pretty impressive, John. Well, I think
2: you have to go back to uh, to Jeff's introduction into the business on the management side in Toronto uh, as a foundation that made him such a successful agent, uh, and and so understanding uh, what a team needed from developing players. Uh, and taking, you know, 15 and 16 year old kids and and building them up and giving them proper nutrition and proper on ice training uh, so that they're prepared for the draft. Uh, I, I think that he was part of the cutting edge uh, of the science, if you want to call it that, the science of agencies. Uh, and that's what he did originally with uh, when he was with Rick Curran and Bobby Orr, and then when uh, the Orr Group got bought by a much bigger company out of Los Angeles, the Wasserman Group. So uh, he, he's, he's done a, uh, a really good job for all of his clients. Uh, they don't have to be first round picks, but he prepares their players well. I mean, even yesterday in the press conference and the interview that you had with him, you know, admitting that analytics is a big part of what even agencies should be looking at. So he's, you know, he's a contemporary man. He, he's it's timely to put him in this place uh and and i think that uh, you know shoulder to shoulder with kenny on a daily basis uh, i think will prepare this organization really well for the future as they they point this team uh, on the verge of a championship and i think that i think jeff's a perfect
0: guy for this type of job well when you look at it john and you factor in you know the orders i think a lot of the fans think jay woodcroft's I had uh, a father of an NHLer reach out this week and say he's the right coach for today. He's today's coach. The guy's got the second-best record in the league since he's come in coaching. Um, the team's played five playoff series the last two years, as many as anybody. And I know we're all disappointed they didn't get over the hump against Vegas. I mean, it's they've got one thing left to do, and that's to go win the Stanley Cup. But overall, the the health of the organization's in a pretty good spot, isn't it, John?
2: It is. And, and I and I, I think that I think hiring Jeff is probably a great indicator of that, uh, both internally uh, and, and Daryl's vision to go find somebody like Jeff and then Jeff to say, hey, you know, this is a good time to be part of the Edmonton Oilers organization because they are on the verge of a championship, you know, if not in 23, possibly 24 or 25. But they are going to be contenders for a long period of time bob and uh, let's face it bringing somebody like jeff in who has such a great relationship with connor certainly can't hurt having connor mcdavid become an oiler for the rest of his playing career
0: yeah absolutely john we're going to pivot here you had mark askin on your podcast and i used to hear uh, there were some stories about guys that I used to hear. when I, As you know, I started doing font cordon stats uh, for Molestar, uh, primarily orchestrated by Larry Isaac, who's still producing games. But, you know, like there was John Shannon was well-known. Uh, Mark Askin was a well-known guy back in the mid-1990s. Um, Steve Lansky, who did uh, Low Tide and uh, Dave Jamison show for a number of years, Uh, he did Brent Griffith show way back in the day he was sort of a rising star at one time Uh, how did the conversation go with Mark who's been at this a long long time and and did you get to discuss how dramatic the changes have been in the television sports industry over the last several years
2: Uh, well I you know the the thing with Mark is Mark Mark's a good talker as well and 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 enthusiastic and really, what it began as a as a, a development of a conversation about where the what the, what are the key things to be a good television producer and what what the expectation of the viewer is when you produce uh, in this case a hockey game. Mark is retired now. He's 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 left uh, Rogers, left Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, so this was our first opportunity to sit down with somebody who obviously I know very well. Uh, In fact hired three different times in three different decades to work on projects Um, so from that perspective, I I think Mark's a a great storyteller and uh, This was probably in many ways the first of a few of these podcasts where Mark sits and talks and Tells a few stories. Uh, I think if you're a hockey nerd if you're a TV nerd uh, our podcast with Mark will be one that will be, will go much faster than
0: 52 minutes normally feels
2: Trent W, that's
0: the one for you because he's always nerding out on me on the TV stuff John, uh, Jimbo's silly uh, the, the story <laughs> you're, you're already laughing
2: well, I, I just watched BlackBerry about a month ago So did
0: you? Yeah. Um, what are, I mean it's funny because as you know Kathy used to work in the telecom she worked on the clear deal for Telus and yep. uh, I remember because we got flown out uh, after the purchase had taken place and uh, we're out uh, you know up at Whistler for uh, a couple days and they but it is pre- on a day in which Telus announces that they're laying off 6,000 employees across the country so our hearts go out to anybody at Telus has you know got some rough news here coming um, but just on Jim ball so, so you saw the movie? Yeah all right tell me the truth. Yeah. Was it that? Was there a slight embellishment on his communication with the other league owners?
2: Well, now let, let's be
0: fair. Um, it was a made-for-TV too- movie that was somewhat. Is that? Is it was not a true documentary, right? Oh no, no, this was a theatrical movie, Bob. Right, this right. This was
2: not a documentary it at it, all. Right, uh, and I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't know how much truth really was in the movie. It was entertaining uh and i mean it was only 40 to 45 seconds of hockey in two hours right so this was more of the development and how he got involved with mike lazaritas in 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 the, in inventing this you know this special new phone that could email and uh and how they came to the title of blackberry and how they did you have uh, one did you have a blackberry first blackberry I got was uh, was when I started to work for the Toronto Maple Leafs because it was a, a requirement of management because you had to be available 24/7 yeah. and uh, and then you know the the day I started working in New York for uh, for the commissioner uh, he, he, he sent me an email at the office the second day I worked there and he said why haven't you responded to me and I said well I haven't got my blackberry yet and so then he made a phone call and within 30 seconds somebody walked down the hall and gave me a brand new Blackberry. So, um, yeah, so, and, and, and the, the level of, Detail to them was, you know, far better than any other. It just, you know, the problem is, is technology changes all the time, and you have to stay ahead of the curve. You can, and once you fall behind, you're in trouble, and that's exactly what happened to BlackBerry.
0: Well, yeah. you we can t- text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Brendan, you were too young. When did you get your first cell phone? Like, uh, you're what are you, are you 28 now?
1: 29? Yeah, I think I would have been probably 12 or so.
0: So that was when Blackberry was number one in the that's 17 years ago, right? Yeah. That, votes, yeah. So yeah. cuz in 06 they were number one. Did you did you get a Blackberry or do you was it it wasn't an iPhone, right? Cuz that came out in 07.
1: What 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 did you recall? Or you just had a straight phone? Or you? My uh, yeah, I had like a Nokia, I think, for my first one, my very first one. I did eventually get a BlackBerry though. I
0: I was a CrackBerry guy. I admit to it. I mean, that probably doesn't surprise anybody that listens to the show. You can text us on our Ashley Ashley Five Floors text line. Like I mean, it is pretty. Like like you know, they had like forty percent of the market at oh, one no. time. Well, uh, uh,
2: just not blackberry related, but let me tell you a technology story. So in 1987 I, uh, I Get a big I get a big bonus from a company. I'm working for after producing the Stanley Cup playoffs and I have $5,000 in cash in my hand and I am adamant. I am spending $5,000 in one day and I have a vision of buying three things A satellite dish for my backyard, a cell phone for my car, and a fax machine. So I bought all three things in the same day. I paid in the end $4,992 for everything tax included. And of the three things, the cell phone was the cheapest, The satellite dish was the second most inexpensive and the most expensive thing I bought was a fax machine, Bob. (laughs) <laughs> and that's how technology has changed uh, that, again that was 1987 and I thought I was at the top of the world I could tune in anything on my dish I could tr- uh, communicate via fax to anywhere in in the world and I could talk to anybody in my car I was at the top of the heap.
0: You can text us on the Ashley Floors text line uh, which invention s- soon <laughs> rapidly Went away in a hurry. You think that's going to happen to Twitter? I mean X. What do you think? No, uh,
2: where you know it's. I I wonder that uh, you wonder what Mr Musk is trying to do with the uh, with the platform. But uh, you know the the amount of instant communication, if not X if not the uh, you know the uh, the platform pr- previously known as twitter uh there will be something else that we find that is easier to manage and that's the thing with twitter was twitter was and still is is so easy to communicate and somebody will come up with something that's better at which point we will all migrate at at that
0: point and and uh, move off Mr. Musk's platform, John. Uh, we don't have a show on Monday. It's uh, it's it's called an oxymoron. Best of Oilers now, uh, but uh, we'll get you on probably either Wednesday or Friday next week. Okay. No problem. Have a great long weekend, folks. You you bet. That's uh, John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Big Ball Tyler says, my first cell was a Motorola Razor. My second, third, and fourth were Blackberries. They were so cool. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, I owned Blackberries until I couldn't use one anymore. I even had their smartphones, and I think they were the best phones ever. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Mike from Calgary. My last BlackBerry before entering the Apple ecosystem was the uh, BlackBerry Torch. It was a beautiful phone. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, those Sony point-and-shoot cameras, size of the pack of cigarettes, they were eliminated by iPhone. Yeah, I mean, the scene in the movie where the staff at BlackBerry is watching Steve Jobs and I think it was at one of those TED conferences or something about what they might be able... Did you ever see that, Brett? I don't know if you've seen the movie. Yeah, but you, yeah actually. And yeah. he's explaining what they're going to do with iPhone.
1: Yeah, and he's he's sort of just repeating the same couple lines over and over and over again yeah. and saying, you get it, you get it, and it's just... you know,
0: and we all I mean how many hours do you does your do you get a weekly update on yours in terms of how many hours each day you spend
1: on your phone yeah I mean I'm anywhere between like two hours and 45 minutes up to three hours and 45 minutes usually that's kind of the range I'm fluctuating in for a week you're higher way higher <laughs> I don't doubt that. Four and a half to five and a half hours a day.
0: <laughs> uh, Cam in a pizzeria says, Bob, whatever happened to the laser disc? It's uh, 1254 in the uh, in Edmonton. I don't know if Jamie McCowan had a laser. Well, I know he, he was an offensive defenseman, but he was hard-nosed. He was tough. He's coming up at 105 to talk a bit about the Battle of Alberta. We'll step out momentarily. This is Oilers now. I saw Darnell down at uh, the dressing room yesterday at Roger's place. Good seeing him. Tell you that some guests at uh, 1256 in Edmonton, some guests on Orders Now receive tickets to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. You can follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef out that Orders Now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 till 10 p.m. Uh, the Haws is Texas. He says the Palm Trio was my first smartphone. Okay, there you go. I Sure. Uh how about this? Uh, Jim Kardashian says <laughs> that's what he's going with, Jim Kardashian. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Good for you, Jim. My first cell phone was purchased at Glenn Anderson Cell City. Uh it was a car phone, uh a thousand bucks at twenty five cents per minute of airtime. Uh sold to me by Glenn's brother David. We'll have to get Glenn on the show, I think, uh maybe maybe even Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, this text comes in from Mark in Saint Albert. Bob, I lived in Kitchener Waterloo, uh, Kitchener Waterloo, during the heyday of BlackBerry and Research and Motion. Our neighbor was a project manager for BlackBerry. My wife would only use Blackberries to be loyal to her best friend, and I was an Apple guy and always flaunted it. That one came comes to us from Mark in Saint Albert. I-, I got one question for you, Mark. You still married? <laughs> like, think about it. Like, your wife's making sure that they, the people of BlackBerry, know you're being supported for taking it for what it's worth oh man that's funny stuff uh, you can text us on um, just uh, I know Super 70 Sports just something out, uh, put something out uh, they've got a TV from 1977 uh, back in 1977 your dad thought remote control was cool remote control uh, you know what we had to do when we lived on the acreage Brendan
1: is we had to literally like we only had three channels so you, when the show ended, you'd get up and you'd turn the dial over. To yeah, yeah. To we, had, or... we had
0: like CBC, CTV, and it was a big deal when ITV came out in 1974. And then CBC French. So we had four. Oh, man. Four channels. So when the CFL ended, there was no NFL games on until the CFL ended after the Grey Cup. And then they put NFL games on Saturdays and Sundays. Because by then, the NCAA college football season was over, and the NFL was scheduling games on Saturdays and Sundays, and that's how you watch the NFL. It's referred to as Farmer TV from back in the day. (laughs) It's not an insult. It's just I used to listen to Brian Hall when he was on CJCA. And the Labor Day and Thanksgiving Day games were always afternoon games back then, obviously Labor Day down in Calgary, and Thanksgiving usually at Commonwealth Stadium. And this was, we're talking 76, 77, 78, so I didn't have tickets yet. I got tickets in 79. That's how we listened to it, man. Listen to Halsey calling the game, and I'd listen to CJCA all day long. Off to a global news weather traffic. I wonder where Randy, Kill- he must have been at one of those. He might have even, been- I'm pretty sure he was at CJCA at one point. He's been at a course here for a long time. He's got your global news weather traffic update. Then we'll hook up, talk the Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament with Jamie McCown from the Flames Alumni.